Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy during this time of near total shutdown of the live comedy circuit due to coronavirus. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and every day now I'm going to be talking with a different comedian about the current situation, along with passing on some hopefully really helpful and positive strategies, coping mechanisms from the counselling professionals we partner with at threadup.co.uk. I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. Joining me today on Psychomedy Daily Dose, it's Sarah Keyworth. Sarah, hello. Hi, Nathan. How are you doing? I'm not bad. It's up and down. How are you? Yeah, much the same. I think everybody is uh, having quite volatile mood swings during this lockdown process. (laughs) Volatile mood swings. That's... uh, that's giving uh-huh. away. That's giving away a secret right at the top. Volatile. Yes, um, mood swings. That's me. Indeed, indeed, it is. Uh, it is up and down. So, uh, what is your your lockdown situation? Is probably more more famous than most. You talk about in other podcasts and on television. You live with a comedian, another another comedian. Yes, I, I'm telling you. I'm telling you as if you don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm reminding what? you. I do what? <laughs> um, I yes, I live with my partner Catherine Bohart, and she is also a comedian. Mm. Uh, sounds like it would be more fun than it is. <laughs> but it is volatile mood swings. I see. Uh, volatile mood swings. <laughs> so you you talk about yourselves as a couple and uh, to other couples on a podcast i'm also telling you this as if you don't know i'm just reminding mm-hmm. you just in case you your mind does tend to do strange things in this lockdown i forget what time it is what day it is. i'm just reminding you what you do you're a comedian you do podcasts you uh yes i've just listened to um uh, the you'll do podcast with um the the, the, the joel domit and hannah cooper episode i thought it was really oh, great really, yeah i thought it was brilliant really good it's oh, um, it was you. such a lovely it's just a lovely way of getting secrets and getting little tidbits out of other couples because you obviously as a couple are giving away secrets right at the top. I thought it was really nice. Thank you. Yeah, we like to think of it as a, as a reasonably intellectual gossip podcast. We love gossip and we love finding things about other people, but we've yeah. disguised that desire through uh, <laughs> quite highbrow questions. Yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's, interesting. it's interesting, interesting. Over the, over the series, you've had some great people on, you know, Nish Kumar and Joel, of course, and Hannah Cooper. Um, any particular secrets or um, I think we're all looking for advice at this time. 
to uh, to make a relationship flourish in lockdown? Anything uh, particularly stand out? I don't know. So we did it pre-lockdown. So nobody gave any kind of sterling bits of lockdown advice. Oh, okay. uh, but there have been some very good episodes. And I feel like we've learned a lot. Like there was, we did one with Deborah Francis White and Tom Zielinski. Yeah. Um, there was some, there was some juicy scoopage about their relationship that they hadn't told anyone before. So that was, that was good fun. Um, oh, nice, nice. we've learnt that uh, you you will and always be a happier couple if you have more than one toilet in your house <laughs> that is true that, is, that true. is like a really consistent thing across the board <laughs> if you have separate places true. in which you can pee and poo you will <laughs> always be happier <laughs> yeah keep things mysterious um you know we we try and avoid doing peas and poos in front of each other because we try and that's our like one last uh little yeah, bit of dignity. the last bastion yeah it is yeah. Mm-hmm. it's important i was once yeah i was once driving i don't know somewhere with a girlfriend not a girlfriend but a, a friend and she was farting in front of me and she said oh yeah i do it in front of all my boyfriends whatever first date second date and I was like that is the reason why you you haven't had many <laughs> long-term <laughs> boyfriends she's like no that's not the reason I'm like that is exactly the reason <laughs> yeah but two two toilets I mean that's that's the br- dream it's the relationship dream it's the <laughs> it's hard in London but it's um I've achieved it I've achieved it so yeah we have not achieved it and I think <laughs> that is really what's holding us back build yourself a new toilet maybe just a potty or something mm-hmm. Anyway, this is dangle uh, me out the window. <laughs> I liked the um, yes, I liked the tense moment in the Joel Domit episode where you asked them right at the top, "Are you going to be monogamous?" And there was a an awkward silence where they're yeah. clearly looking at each other, going, um, "Are we? Yeah, I guess. Are we? Have we been monogamous?" You know, it's just like, yeah. Nice. It's quite fun because we just wanted to ask that question to everybody, hoping that um, it would just mean that we could, we're inclusive of all different types of relationships. You don't want to assume in any yeah. direction about anyone. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people have had this sort of awkward, tense moment where they look at each other like, uh, I thought we were mon- monogamous, so you better say yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess you don't, you don't sometimes talk about it in that first six months, but actually... Yeah, I wonder whether in 25, 30 years, whether A, there'll be marriage or certainly uh, as many marriages, of course, there won't be, a, it goes down every year, but um, whether monogamy will be kind of outdated in about 50 years, 100 years, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of goes in and out of fashion, doesn't it? I suppose like anything else, it's sort of traditional relationships are getting less and less popular. Um, yeah. I think marriage will be very outdated. I don't know whether monogamy will. Well, I mean, I was going to say we'll see, but we probably won't. <laughs> On our deathbeds, we can have a chat. Yeah. We can reconvene <laughs> this la- podcast. What's the last thing you want to ask? <laughs> yeah. Are yeah. young people still getting married? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should go back to all these couples now in lockdown, I think, and uh, revisit and see whether their blissful relationships are still there. Um... <laughs> see whether or not they like each other. Yeah, nice. So, um, God, how far are we into lockdown now? Well, look, yeah, it's about six weeks. We've got six weeks, yeah. yeah. Six weeks into lockdown. How's it been for you, kind of both mental health-wise and kind Ooh. of getting, getting work done-wise? 
we were pretty strong at the start. Like we kind of rallied quite quickly. There was the initial shock of losing all of our uh, work and uh, jobs and livelihood. And then we really kind of bounced back and were quite productive for the first, I'd say like three or four weeks. Yeah. We last two, those little bits of work have kind of dried up and it's been it's been it's it's tricky it's a really difficult time for anybody who is uh, freelance or self-employed or creative because it's Mm. very hard to motivate yourself to do work for 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 a future that you have no idea what it's going to look like um so these last couple of weeks we've been really sort of trying to force ourselves to 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 just get on with and continue creative because i think I know that I am very susceptible to getting into quite dark places if I'm yeah. not very busy and I'm not feeling very productive. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just trying to invent different ways to give myself that feeling. And yeah. Sometimes it's just finishing a book. Do you want to read a book? Yeah. Finishing a book. Oh, God, what an achievement. Yeah, it's hard to... It is hard to find the motivation when it's not money, when it's not deadlines, when it's not, um, yeah. Do you have any fear of shame at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Has there been any moments where you've been really low and really unmotivated? Then you've, I don't know, are there any little tricks that you've had to motivate yourself that have kind of worked? We had days. Yeah. And I think, I mean, what I tend to do on days where I'm feeling quite down or not motivated is just like, like forgive myself for that day, like let it, let it be, yeah, uh, a bit of a, bit of a write-off, uh, and watch some TV or play some PlayStation, and then wake up the next day, feeling it like hopefully feeling a bit different and hopefully just starting again. Um, and I yeah, think that nice. that tends to work for me. I also don't think that I, I'm not very good at being uh miserable for too long i i, I don't wallow for that long because i mm. then i get impatient with myself and need to be doing something so i'm quite lucky in that sense that i'm not a natural wallower yeah that's nice nice to that idea of forgiveness for you know allowing yourself because i work all the time and allowing yourself just to not do anything for a day and not to feel because particularly at this time, a day off is absolutely fine. I noticed on your Twitter, actually, you said something lovely. You said something like, this is the, um, this is the closest to retirement I'll, I'll ever yeah. get. And in your retirement, you're allowed a day off, aren't you? You're allowed to. You're, you're allowed as many as you want, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, I've started growing plants. Oh, nice, nice. And, uh, and I, I, I'm treating this like a mid-career retirement. Yeah. Um, where I just forgive myself for not being very productive. There was all this, there was a big, at the start of this, it was like, oh my God, you're gonna, you can achieve so much in this time. You can learn skills. You can finish that novel you were always saying you'd write. And it's just a load of bullshit, isn't it really? (laughs) Like if you just get through this without having an actual breakdown, then Uh, you've achieved something. And that's what we should all just be saying to each other. It's like, if you can get out of bed, then great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Motivation is in, is interesting though at this time, isn't it? I, um, didn't you do, um, didn't you win coach trip with um, Francis yeah. Bull? Is that right? I did, did yes. I won coach trip <laughs> yeah, last yeah. year. 
the reason I the reason I mention that is yeah because I talk I talk with Francis on the main episode of this and he's such a lovely guy such a his work ethic is remarkable yeah um, because of um, for, for for many reasons but I think if you you know he's made a lot of money in business and through you know being behind. Um, what was it again? Chelsea, made in Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. how much I watch these things, but um, made in Chelsea, and um, but he's still hugely, hugely motivated. And I think uh, a lot of people, if they've made some money or had loads of success, the motivation drops. But his work ethic. So I talked to him about motivation and work ethic, and I think it's, I think it's great if it's inside of you. And it's more difficult if it's not, and you have to mm. generate it yourself. To so some people, it just comes naturally, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think the amazing thing about Francis is that he is very uh, curious and he, he's quite childlike in his interest in just like picking up a new hobby or a skill or something. Yeah, and not just that's what he spoke about. Yeah. He wants to be really good. That he he was sort of starting to gig when we went on a coach trip. Yeah, and. And I was just amazed because like somebody like him with his profile could just immediately start touring and sell tickets and um, not yeah. be a particularly talented stand up. Yeah. Have a reasonably successful run of it. Um, and he he doesn't want to do it that way. He wants to get really good. He wants to pay his dues and go to all the open mics and die on stage as much as he can. And so that he's actually good at stand up when he does decide to go and tour. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're reminding me of it. It was such a, such a lovely episode talking to him about, yeah, wanting to be the best. He was talking about, he, he, he picked up calligraphy and he was like, I want to be the best at calligraphy now. I've just yeah. started learning this. And uh, I've not actually seen, really did you see any examples of his calligraphy while you were touring, wherever you were touring? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I did see him excelling in lots of other things. So he was the best at every single activity we did on Coach Trip, and it was actually quite infuriating. <laughs> Everybody was very frustrated with him by the end of People started voting for him just because he was too good at the challenges we had to do. <laughs> nice, nice. I, I have, I, yeah, I, I, I can't say this actually on this, but I, I, have a, I have a secret about Coach Trip, but I've, I've signed a non-disclosure agreement. That's interesting, isn't it? I've got you, something. You, I've got something to do with Coach Trip, but um, yeah, something, something tiny. But um, yeah, I was going to say it, but then I thought, no, actually, I've signed a non-disclosure. So that's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Mm, but I can't tell you. I can't even tell you after the after we finish. That's how interesting that anecdote is. Oh God. Um. <laughs> anyway. Um, but in terms of self-motivation, I think one of the the best things I ever kind of heard was, uh, I think it was. I think it might have been reading uh, a book written by Georgia Hardstark and Karen Kilgariff, who are the two women behind the My Favourite Murder podcast. Hmm. And uh, I don't know if it was something that somebody had said to Georgia or something. But anyway, basically, the gist of what I read was her saying, "You, there is no such thing as like, there's literally no point sitting around and waiting to feel motivated to something you have to, even if you don't feel like it, even if you can't be bothered, you just have to like show up and have a go. Um, and I feel that with stand-up quite a lot. Like sometimes I just don't feel very creative. I don't feel like writing. Yeah. And I'll sort of go, oh, fine. You know, I'll wait until I have this like strike of inspiration or whatever. But actually it's such a waste of my time. 
such a like like why wait two weeks to hope that something will pop into my head when I could like I can sit down and write something that's shit at least I'm attempting to write something and yeah. it won't feel good it won't feel like it's not one of those moments where you sit down and you write and you, everything flows and it, and it feels amazing it will feel awkward and uncomfortable and probably like pointless but it, at least I'm doing it yeah no, absolutely I agree it's something I've talked to a few comedians about about I think mm. J- I think Jake Yap uh, termed it as killing the white killing the white paper so killing the yeah. blank paper and getting rid of it it's much easier to work off a off a full piece of paper and also you've got your you've got your motor running it's true so how, how are you feeling about this year's show before the lockdown because I noticed uh it's still it's still advertised in one or two places or maybe it's just up on the uh still up on it was called little little keys is that right little keys yeah little keys and one thing i noticed about this you may go oh, fuck off that wasn't that wasn't the case but one sometimes when you put in these things like in january or february whenever you have to put them in you can't actually say what it's about because you don't know what it's about and yeah. this what i read of yours it was full of glittering reviews and all your awards and award nominations or whatever but it didn't actually say what it was about so here's my question did you know what it was going to be about in general absolutely not that's a comedian no that's comedian's insight into knowing that <laughs> oh, that, that is a person who has absolutely no idea what that show is going to be um, so is there any relief that um you've got a little bit more time now to is there any relief it, it was i was in t- when when I heard a rumor, and I think I was maybe one of the few people that were sort of secretly hoping that Edinburgh would be cancelled, <laughs> okay. awful because loads of people lost money. And it's not a positive thing, and the pandemic yeah. is terrible. But there was a little part of me that was like, I, I, I knew I was going to Edinburgh. Like momentum-wise, I've had two really good years, done like two very well-received shows, so I knew I needed yeah. to go back and and keep the momentum going. But I was really struggling with what I wanted. I, I didn't want to do a show just for the sake of doing a show. I find I don't I find it hard to get into and something and feel passionate about something if I'm just doing it for the sake of doing it. Um and so I had about twenty five minutes written, but I had I didn't really have anything that was exciting me or like hooking me into to the show. So uh I'm I mean, I still, I'm still not 100 percent sure what the story about, and I still have to work on it because there's, there's, it's highly likely that I will start touring it uh, in the autumn, winter, or whenever we get out of this. Yeah. Um, so the show still needs to exist, but yeah, I was, I was not wholly heartbroken when I found out that I didn't have to be <laughs> turning up to Edinburgh in August with a polished show. Yeah, not wholly heartbroken. Were you, were you dancing? Were you dancing around the streets? <laughs> um, not quite dancing, but maybe tapping my foot. <laughs> yeah, God, it's yeah, it's hard because you have had two brilliant years, and it's it's um, that's what some of the people were saying about Edinburgh. It's kind of kind of nice to have a year off to a to a certain extent, but it's yeah, that momentum thing is interesting. It's like everyone expects you to go back, and if you don't go back, you you feel like you're dropping down this ladder that everyone invents mm. for themselves. But there's no reason why you should be able to come up with. 50 incredibly interesting minutes every year but that's what we're all expected to do aren't we when we're on a roll you know yeah and it's quite absurd it's it's absurd that people will expect you to come back with a very very funny highly nuanced hopefully storytelling maybe slightly like moving 
Edinburgh show uh, every year mm. and and then be held to the same standard as somebody else who might have taken three years off or somebody who might have been do, done their debut show and has been working on it for however long. Like we're all compared to each other when it's like, I just, I just bashed this out in less than 12 months. Yeah. And yeah. I am hoping that if there's any positives to come out of this uh situation in which everything is being cancelled is that um the people who organize edinburgh and people who run edinburgh uh kind of realize the importance of the festival and how valuable it is and and maybe uh, it it will change the way that people approach it slightly because it was kind of it was a bit of a a, a messed up system the the financial yeah. element of edinburgh was a complete joke and so I'm hoping that maybe this will, in an ideal world, it would kind of loosen some of the, of the kind of tangled knot that I think we'd gotten ourselves in, in terms of the way yeah. the Edinburgh Fringe was run. Yeah, I think particularly if it goes ahead to a certain extent, if there are shows this year that sit outside of obviously the Edinburgh Fringe usual structure, I mean, if lockdown is lifted and shows are going ahead by August, there will be probably quite a few shows going on in Edinburgh and I think if they do exist it will I think Trevor Locke and others have, have suggested that that will point to the um a lot of the unnecessary things we do and pay for in Edinburgh yeah mm. yeah I guess that's true will you be going if it does happen yeah I'd like to do a couple of shows um a couple of you know a couple of maybe a week there or something if it's mm. uh, if it happens I and mean, it's just uh yeah, it'd be lovely to have a holiday in August. And um, I miss having holidays with my kids and whatever in August. So I'll be able to do that. But I think it's, I don't know, its you'd find yourself on a plane or a train, wouldn't you? You'd just be thinking, I've got to be there. I've got to be there for a few days. And it's, yeah. I mean, I've been doing it for like 10 years, uh, you know, shows for every year for 10 years. So it becomes just a bit, a bit of, you know, it's yeah, just your routine, isn't it? I think this would be my 11th or 12th August in Edinburgh. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm... I've been going since I was 16 years old. Oh, wow, wow. Did you so, do, like, um, plays before stand-up then, yeah? Yeah, like, amateur theatre when, when I was in a youth group and we started going then. So um, so I'm quite excited by the the novel idea of, of seeing a different city in the August. <laughs> yeah. What a joy yeah. that would be. Yeah. Have you had any thoughts about how this might kind of change comedians' approaches to shows, change or change your personal material or it's kind of too too early to think about that like the thought of having like a full year and a half or whatever to work on a show yeah i think once people kind of benefit of of lots of people maybe doing that and lots of people taking their time with shows like the the quality of shows in edinburgh 2021 are going to be insane and i hope that that (laughs) kind of makes people go oh hold on a minute look at the the caliber of uh, yeah. of work people can create if they're just given a few more months to have a thing about it. So yeah. I hope it maybe just changes this culture of you've got to come back year in year out with an an hour long show. Because um, yeah. yeah, I just think it, surely it, it must mean that we are kind of missing out on some quality. Yeah, yeah. If you have a bad under rehearsed show in 2021 what's your excuse basically yeah, <laughs> <you> <laughs> yeah. 
watch me the worst show of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now you're filling me with anxiety. It's like, oh god, the pressure's never been. Well, that's what. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. It's like, oh shit, everybody's gonna be so good in 2021. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Let's get rid Either of that. that or it's gonna be hundreds of shows about coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. Well, it will certainly be that. There'll be a lot of coronavirus musicals. Um, oh god. Yeah. Loving the time of coronavirus. <laughs> yeah but maybe by 2021 everyone will have forgotten not forgotten about it but everyone will have moved on but uh i won't want to talk about it anymore no god no i think uh, it's it almost seems old hat now talking about it. it's like you're still talking about corona yeah we're in the middle of lockdown yeah still... yeah it's still happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah. great so apart from the podcast that i've mentioned where else can we get you during lockdown what uh what else are you doing? Uh, i'm i'm on social medias um Instagram, I'm Sarah underscore Keyworth. Twitter, Sarah K Comedy. Uh, Facebook, Sarah Keyworth Comedian, I believe, because I didn't make it easy for myself and call them all different things. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm just trying to put content out on them as much as possible. Um, yeah, and the podcast goes out every Tuesday and it's called You'll Do. Great, great. Well, Sarah, thank you so much, particularly about motivation. And it's, uh, it's something on all creatives' uh, minds at the moment. And you've mm. so, so beautifully, I think. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you so much. And I look forward to you finding out what Little Keys is all about and whether it stays as that title. Who knows? <laughs> or is it going to be called Little Corona? Little Corona, Little COVID-19. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much for joining me thank today. You. Nice to speak to you. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks so much. Lots of love. Keep thank well. You. Bye-bye. The brilliant Sarah Keyworth there. Check out all her stuff online. It was great to talk to her about particularly motivation. Today, I think it's something we're all struggling with, or a lot of us are struggling with motivation. And I'll direct you again to the brilliant booklet on our website, psychomedy.co.uk. And it's a booklet made by the Wellness Society. And in that booklet, you'll find some words about motivation, and they're great. And there's a link off to a video about some, a DBT a therapy dialectical behavioural therapy. It's a part, a type of cognitive behavioural therapy. Adapt your mind. So this particular one, I guess it's what Sarah was talking about. If there's a blank page and you're unmotivated, well, do the opposite. Do the opposite of what your emotions are telling you to do. Your emotions are telling you to do nothing. Well, do the opposite. Fill that page. Fill that page with rubbish. And, um, you know, do the opposite sometimes. It's what I do quite often. If everything's telling me to do one thing and it's making me feel bad, I do the opposite and it can't make me feel any worse. I hope that makes sense. It will make more sense if you go to psychomedy.co.uk and check out that booklet from the Wellness Society. So that is our show for today. Thanks so much for joining us. Please listen back on all the daily shows, all the main shows. Please give us a five-star review. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk. There's mental health tips there from our counselling partners at ThreadUp. I'm Nathan Casty. Lots of love to you all. Stay healthy, stay optimistic. Tune back in for more Psychomedy Daily Dose tomorrow. Bald people.